It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. Wonderful to be here with all of our listeners, those who are wanting to learn God's Word. We appreciate you being here so much. It's been an encouragement to us to have many of you contact us, either by mail or email or telephone. Many of you have actually come and visited with us at Sunny Slope uh, from time to time, and many have come on a regular basis. We appreciate that so much. Again, that is so encouraging to us, but it's not for our self-glorification or to give ourselves pats in the back. It's because that brings glory to God, and that's our bottom line here in Search the Scriptures. We want to bring God glory by teaching His Word accurately and effectively. And we appreciate you listening and following along, and we encourage you to contact us with any questions you might have. Contact us if you'd like to receive this program on CD for free or any of the programs on Search the Scriptures or the free Bible study that we offer on a daily basis. It's always free. We take care of the postage both ways. We hope to hear from you. It's my privilege to be able to share with you today from God's Word as we study along in the Bible along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. I'm certainly honored to be part of the program today, and I would like to extend a word of welcome to all those listening to us. If you are a regular listener, we're certainly pleased to have you back. If you're joining us perhaps for the first time, uh, we hope you'll find, as you mentioned, Gary, that we really emphasize God's Word as the authority for everything we do in our spiritual lives because it is just that. We have no authority outside of it or beyond it. We need to stay within it and conform our lives to it. And what an exciting endeavor it is when we can do that. Amen. Dennis, we're going to talk about something today. We're going to spend a little time on this, but uh, this is not a popular subject for a whole lot of people. I think you're right about that. And yet it is a reality for Mm -hmm. everybody, Mm -hmm. but we don't like to think about it. No, try to push it out of our minds as much as possible. Now, now some people are saying, what are you talking about? Other people are saying, I know what what they're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about death. Yes. Death. You know, just as surely as a person is born, unless the Lord comes again first, that person's going to die. Yes, that's right, Gary. Uh, I've often said that death is as much a part of life as is life. It certainly is. And from the time that little newborn baby takes his first breath, the seconds begin ticking away until Mm -hmm. that, in most cases, we would say that older person that little baby grows into will take his last breath. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because death is coming for every one of us. It is. Now, as you said, so much of the time we want to just kind of push it out of our minds, Mm -hmm. you know, out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. We don't want to think about it. But the reality of death continues to present itself to us in so many ways. It does. There are wars. Mm -hmm. There are natural disasters that end tragically Mm -hmm. for many people in that they end up dying in floods, Mm -hmm. hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, droughts, famine, Mm -hmm. fires, all kinds of things. Yes. Uh, People have accidents, Mm -hmm. automobile accidents, other kinds of accidents that end up taking 
individuals' lives. Yes. Those are realities. It is. And then there's sickness, isn't there? There certainly is. And it's not just for the old and elderly and those who have kind of been been beaten and used up by the rigors of life. Those sicknesses, those illnesses, they happen to children too. Oh, they certainly do. And I think on an increasing number in our society, we're seeing that very thing, Gary. So all kinds of different matters bring the reality of death before our face on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. There's probably not a listener out there today who has not been to a funeral or two or 10. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. I I know somebody here at Sunny Slope just, just a very few years ago was telling me that I believe they, she and her husband had been to 60 or 70 funerals that year. Oh my. I told her, people aren't going to want to be your friend anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Speaking facetiously, but of course, you know, mm-hmm. you know they knew so many people. They've yes. been living so long. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those friends that they had and acquaintances and some family members, perhaps, they had just gotten to the point where their life mm-hmm. was, was coming to an end. Right. That's the reality, though. It is. Now, nothing gets our attention probably so well as does death, mm-hmm. from at least from the physical perspective. Mm-hmm. Boy, that really grabs us. Yes, it does. I, I remember a couple whom I had known for years, and they had really struggled with their spiritual lives. They were kind of hot and cold, up and down, wishy-washy, in and out, you know. And then all of a sudden, unexpectedly, the father of one of them died. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, there was any warning, any expectation, mm-hmm. just died. Yes. And all of a sudden it got their attention. Oh, yes. And they, they changed their lives spiritually as mm-hmm. a result. Yes. And I dare say that a whole lot of people have had similar experiences to that. Yes, I think you're certainly right in that regard. It's sad, though, that we have to wait until the point of death, either for ourselves or somebody else, before we wake up Mm -hmm. and God gets our attention. Yes. Yeah. We go through life, we get all caught up in the busyness of it all, and we are probably the busiest culture that this world has ever known. More than likely. We get complacent, we get distracted, we become focused on what we want with little or no thought so much of the time for God or our spiritual lives. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for that. Right. It's a nuisance, Mm -hmm. bothersome. And so we put it out of our our minds. Now, somewhere in the back of our minds, a lot of times we we think, we, you know, affirm to ourselves, well, I believe in God. I know I need to do better. I know I I need to start going to church. I know I need to, you know, get my spiritual life straightened out. And I'm going to do that someday. Mm -hmm. But we put it off to the proverbial someday, Mm -hmm. a someday that for many people never comes. It is unfortunate, Gary, because for those who believe that that elusive someday, they will get straightened out. Uh, For many of them, as you're suggesting, the way that they're straightened out is in a casket before, before that someday actually comes. Yes, yes. And so 
all the time of putting it off has run out. That's right. The reality of death has met them head on. Mm -hmm. And so many times they weren't prepared. That's right. Dennis, I wonder if our listeners could imagine a scenario. And again, it's an uncomfortable scenario. But imagine you have been feeling bad, sick. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's wrong. Can't put your finger on it. You've been to the doctor. You've tried over-the-counter medications. Doctor hasn't been able to find anything for sure. He's kind of treated symptoms. And after a point in time, he says, I'd like you to go see this particular specialist. And so you do. And oh, but there's a whole battery of tests the specialist runs. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, okay, you know, when we get the results back, we'll give you a call, let you know. So just a few days later, about three days or so, you get a, a call from the nurse in the doctor's office. And the nurse says, this is so-and-so from Dr. So-and-so's office. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to call you and let you know that we got the results of your tests back. Mm -hmm. And I am really sorry. I've got some bad news and I've got some worse news to mm -hmm. share with you. Well, you can it, almost hear the chins drop at that point. Yes. <laughs> you know, as you're holding the telephone, the clutch of your fingers gets tighter. Mm -hmm. All the blood is draining from your face. And when you find your voice, you say, oh, what's the bad news? And she said, you have such and such disease. Mm -hmm. And it is always fatal. And you have it in a very extremely advanced stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, the doctor has determined that you only have 48 hours to live. Mm. And now you really have lost your voice. Yes. You're speechless. Mm -hmm. Your breathing has stopped. Mm -hmm. And then you remember, well, well, wait a minute. What's the worst news? What could be worse than that? And she says, I was supposed to call you yesterday. Mm -hmm. So... Now you've got 24 hours to live. Right. Boy, talk about a wake-up call. That's it. 24 hours to live. You've got one day. That's it. Now, you know, everybody faces that point, though, don't they? They do. Everybody comes to the point where they've only got 24 hours to live. Mm -hmm. It's just that very few of us know it when we get to that point. That's correct. We don't realize we've only got 24 hours to live. But now, you've just gotten the call. The doctor has said you've got XYZ disease, mm -hmm. and it is fatal. And at your advanced stage, 48 hours, and the nurse forgot to call you yesterday. So you've got now less than 24 hours to live mm -hmm. because the clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you do yeah. in those last 24 hours? Can you imagine everything racing through your mind? Oh. 24 hours to live. What? What? Tw you got to be wrong. No, you know, it's not wrong. The tests are conclusive. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, in fact, I had a cousin who received a phone call from a doctor and he had a battery of tests, I guess. And the doctor uh, talked to him and said, 
I'm almost certain you do not have cancer. Mm -hmm. There's just one more test that's coming, but I, I, I'm just almost certain you're, you're okay. You don't have cancer. Now, can you imagine how encouraging that was to that man? Mm -hmm. Very much. And then shortly thereafter, the doctor called him back and said, I got the results of that one last test, and I'm sorry. Not only do you have cancer, but it's terminal. Mm -hmm. And that man didn't have long to live. Mm. Now imagine, though, if you got such a call, and imagine it being worse, and you said, I know I've got only 24 hours to live. What would you do? Well, let's suggest some things that you would not do that last day that you have alive, that last day before you're going to be the one laid out in that casket, the last day before your funeral arrangements will be made by one of your loved ones, the last day before you're going to meet your God, mm -hmm. your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wouldn't go to work that day, would you? Don't believe so. Not much need of that. No. How about washing the car, cutting the grass? Mm, probably not. Not going to go fishing that day either? No, I don't think I would. Not going to go hunting? No. Not going to take in a ball game? No. Not going to worry about getting the laundry caught up either, are you? I don't worry about that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ironing can just wait. There you go. Okay. Don't need to dust the furniture today. No. And you're not going to go out and get your hair done either. No. Or get a haircut. No, not at all. Because you see, all of those kinds of things, if you knew you had only 24 hours to live, and it's really less now because the clock's ticking, those would seem mighty trivial. Yes, they would. Mighty trivial. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, Dennis, so many people put off getting ready to meet their Lord, put off getting ready for death for things as trivial, and in some cases even more so than this. Oh, yes. Oh, no, I'd like to go to church. You know, yeah, I know I need to, but I just want to sleep in today. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you'd be sleeping in that last day. No, you wouldn't. I, there's a ball game I want to go see. Or there's mm -hmm. something I want to watch on television. Mm -hmm. oh, you wouldn't be making excuses like that if you knew you had only 24 hours to live. Right. The grass needing cutting, that could take, you'd realize all of a sudden that is at best a secondary need, mm -hmm. not one of the most needful things on this last day of my life. Yes. There would suddenly be a new reality and a new emphasis of that reality in your mind. Right. You'd see everything differently, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. And a whole lot more clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd probably be calling mama. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or your husband or your wife or some faithful Christian, and you know a lot of people whew, perish the thought, but they'd be looking for the preacher's phone number. Mm -hmm. That would probably happen. Because they'd want to talk to somebody they knew who was a faithful, dedicated Christian mm -hmm. 
who at least knew something about what they were talking about to try to help them get ready to meet God because they didn't have much time left. Right. And they'd want to find out what are the particulars. And, you know, if you had only 24 hours to live, you think you'd be reaching for that Bible maybe? I think you would be. But so many people, they have procrastinated so much, they have made so many excuses, probably wouldn't really know where to look in their Bible. That could be a possibility for sure. Wouldn't know what to read. And so you need some guidance Mm -hmm. if you had only 24 hours to live. Or, again, less than that now. Mm -hmm. Time is passing. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, Let's go back to verse 8. What does the Hebrews writer say? Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Speaking of Jesus, isn't it? Yes, it is. Jesus himself actually went through the process while he was in this world living in human form of learning obedience to God. Right. Can you imagine that? The Son of God, God the Son, actually going through the process of learning obedience? Pretty amazing. He he didn't need to do that, did he? You know, for himself, Gary, I would say no. But as a pattern, as an example, as a standard, that all people who come after him need to follow? Yes. So we needed him. We needed it. To go through Mm -hmm. that process of learning obedience. Mm -hmm. If it was so important that while he was in human form, God wanted him to go through that process of learning obedience, how important must it be for us who are sinners? It's of utmost importance. And that ninth verse says he's the, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Right. My. If you've got 24 hours to live, less because the clock's ticking down, you would come to realize the importance of your obedience to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. from a whole new perspective. You definitely want to embrace that source of eternal life. The eternal life is what you want. Yes. You want to be saved, mm-hmm. but you played around with your salvation for most of your life to this point, like Russian roulette with your soul. Yes. You spun the chambers. You kept hoping they'd come up empty. But all of a sudden, the chamber with the deadly shell has come around Mm -hmm. for you. Yes. And now you have no more time to waste. You can play no more games with your soul and your salvation. Mm -hmm. You've got to become obedient to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said something about true love for him in John chapter 14 and verse 15. What was that? If you love me, keep my commandments. Short and sweet. Very short and very succinct. 
Yes, to the point. If you love me, keep my commandments. And of course, you'd be thinking, oh, the emotions would be pouring forth Mm -hmm. through your body. I love Jesus. Oh, I love him. But now, he went on in verse 21 and repeated that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, There we read, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 23, he says it again, doesn't he? There we're told, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And all of these things would be ringing through your mind. I love him, but I, but how could I have loved him if I didn't obey him? Mm-hmm. Empty words. At that point, they are. I'm ready to obey him. Mm-hmm. What does verse 24 say? Kind of the reverse perspective. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And oh, my, how the fingers of that particular statement point right at you. Mm -hmm. Because you've said things, you've used empty words, you've talked about how much you love Jesus, you've affirmed it time and time again, but you haven't obeyed him. And so there are the words of Jesus himself saying, if you really loved me, you would have obeyed me. Right. And now, with less than 24 hours to live, you hope you still have enough time Mm -hmm. that you can obey him Mm -hmm. and get right with him. Yes. We want to leave our listeners at this point with those thoughts. We want to encourage you to be sure to listen again tomorrow. You can receive a copy of this lesson for free on CD, or you can receive an entire series along this line as they were preached in sermon form for free. We do hope you'll contact us and ask for that free Bible study and begin to learn right from God's word how you can get ready for that last 24 hours of your life.